Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I wasn't trying to make my parents happy. I wasn't trying to make my friends happy. My life was really spent doing what I thought I would enjoy. The rules were not, I didn't operate within any boundaries or rules. I did what I felt like this would be fun. This would be, that would be funny. This would be a good time. This would be enjoyable. Then as a Christian, God says, now we're living in a way where we're saying, God, what's acceptable to you? Those are my, I got new boundaries now. I'm living within the boundaries of what's acceptable to the Lord. Have you ever noticed a big welcome to sign as you cross over a state line entering a new state? Some people even stop to take their picture under the sign. The welcome to sign is a clear boundary that you are entering a new territory. There are probably new rules and most likely some things will look different. God has clear boundaries for Christians too. In today's message, Pastor Bill talks about how God sets boundaries for living a good life and outlines them in the Bible for you to follow. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 as he begins his message, Walk in the light. For you guys that have been following along with us, we are we're in that section of Ephesians that's really heavily dealing with our walk and our relationship with the Lord. We were told in chapter four that now that we've understood the gospel and all that Christ has done for us, we need to walk worthy of our calling. We looked at the importance and the command for us to walk in love. Today, we're going to look at the command for us to walk in the light. And this is what I want you to capture, right? And, and all these things, the Bible is, is showing us that it should be different for the Christian. For those that have been loved by Christ and forgiven by Christ, we should walk in love. Our, our, our love should be a different kind of love. We should be different than those that don't know the Lord. Today, we're going to see that for those of us that have met the Lord and been forgiven of our sins, we should be walking in the light in a different way than those that don't know the Lord. Our marriages and our families should be different as people that know the Lord. Amen. And so look at chapter five. We're going to pick up at verse eight. And Paul says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And so I, I noted when I was reading this over and over again, Paul doesn't say that you used to walk in darkness, though we all did. He says you were darkness. He says you once you were once darkness. And I want you to note the difference. It's one thing to walk in the dark, to participate in dark things. But it's another thing altogether to actually, you were darkness. That's what you were. You exemplified darkness. And so this is a contrast. Um, hopefully as a Christian, this does not describe you, right? Hopefully now as a child of God, this isn't, this is not an accurate depiction of who you are, but it says, you know, speaking to Christians, Paul says you were once darkness. This is what you were. And it, you know, this is the way that you walk, the way that you live. He says, but now you are light in the Lord. And so I would challenge all of us to consider however long you've known the Lord. I don't want to take you back in a bad way, but I, I, I challenge you to go back to when you didn't know the Lord and just consider how we created darkness. How how was I darkness? I was looking at that saying you were once darkness, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at that for myself. And I can look back at my life and see where yeah, I created darkness. Um, there were things that I did that I wanted to keep. How, how do people create darkness today? How does, a, how does a person create darkness? What are some ways that we can create darkness? Okay, living our sin, well, then hiding it. How do we hide stuff? So everybody does it. How do we, what's, what's the number one way we hide things? Lie. Lie, right? You know, if you're a kid, 
when I was a kid, maybe maybe y'all were better than I was, but if I was a kid, I got home when I was a kid, and I wanted to go play, and my mom would say, Billy, did you do your homework? <laughs> well, if I walk in the light, the light is, the truth is, I have not done my homework. I didn't even bring it home. I have no intention of doing it whatsoever, but, you know, I say, nah, yeah, I've done it. I did my homework. I create darkness so that I can go do what I want to do. Now you grow up and that can become a lot of different things, but that's one way where we create darkness. We lie. Another way people create darkness as adults is, you know, secrets and gossip. Now, unless you're doing a, a surprise party for somebody to bless them real good, if you got if you got things that you're doing in your life that are they have to be hidden. If you got exposed or caught, you would be ashamed or embarrassed. That's darkness. That's walking in darkness. And so just want to point that out that as believers, that should no longer be that shouldn't characterize our lives. We shouldn't be people that are living in ways that are covering. We're covering up stuff and walking in darkness that there's things that can be found out or dug up that would be embarrassing or that would that would not really exemplify who Christ is in us. And so we were once darkness. He says, that's what you were. Again, he's speaking to believers, but he says, but now he says, you are light. And I want you to note the phrase after it in the Lord. Right now, he says, you are light. We're not trying to be the light. We're not working. He said, now you are. This is what you are. You're light in the Lord. And so God says, that's what you are now. Now you're light. And what is light meant to do? Light exposes. Light illuminates. We'll see as we go down that it does expose things. And I want the phrase in the Lord is important because none of us are going to be light in our own strength. Right. He doesn't say you're light in your own power. None of us could be light in our own power. Um, But he says in the Lord. Now you are light. And I've sent you into a dark world that you could be lights, that you could shine for me, that you could expose things that you would you would illuminate dark places. You are light in the Lord. And so the first thing I would challenge you to consider is, is this an accurate depiction of you? Right. When it says that you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Is that true for you? Or would you look at this and say, man, I'm a believer, but I'm still doing dark stuff and my lights dim because what some believers do, some Christians dim their own lights. Some believers go into environments where, you know, it's really dark. If you go into a dark environment, your light's going to shine brighter. Lights shine brightest in the dark. And so if you go into a really dark environment, you know, as a believer, how many of you guys have ever experienced going somewhere as a Christian and feeling like I stick out? I don't fit. You know, I've been at functions. I've had family things where they call you. And um, it, it really is even worse because I used to be one way. Then I got saved. So I used to get down. I used to partake at the functions. I used to I used to do what everybody else. Now you show up and you don't. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Nothing wrong with me. I mean, you know, but if you, if you do stick out, you know, now it, it's uncomfortable, you know. And so God said, look, you are you are light. And what some Christians try to do is, well, let me let me dim this down a little bit. So I don't want I don't want to stick out too bad. You know, and so we try to merge in. Don't do that. God says you are light in the Lord. And go ahead and let the light shine. Go ahead and let it have the impact that God's going to let it have in your life. Because in my life, I look at those that were light to me. And I'm thankful. Now I'm thankful. At one point, I didn't appreciate it, but I'm thankful. I look at the couple that led me to the Lord. They were light to me. God sent a couple in my apartment building when I was not saved, living in sin, you know, doing all the stuff I was doing. And they moved upstairs for me. And without even trying, they were light to me. You know, I remember my buddy was trying to witness to me and being, you know, he was trying to share the gospel with me. And I was I was hearing him, but I wasn't really willing to let go of everything I was doing, everything I had going on. But he was telling me the gospel. Um, And I remember I was watching him and his wife 
And I'm downstairs. I live with a girl that I'm not married with. We fight like cats and dogs. I leave and come back. And it's all, you know, tumultuous and uncomfortable and unpleasant. And I would go up to his apartment and it was all like, mm, it was like, like you went to a spa, you know, and his, his wife was all nice. And she's like, can I get you something to drink? You know, and, and I was, you know, I remember really back then just thinking, so fake. No, they fake. I know they fight. You know, I grew up with him. I know him. But they lived that way and it was consistent. And I would have never I would have never said it because I was way too prideful. But I looked at what he had and there was a part of my heart that was like, man, I, I like that. I would I would like that. But I just wouldn't have said that at the time for whatever reason. Here go the other thing. I'm down here hustling. I'm I'm selling weed. I'm doing credit card scams. I'm, I'm, I'm risking my life, liberty and freedom to have a couple extra dollars down in my apartment. These guys both work. And I never forget this. I had a I had a truck back then, but I was always you know buying stuff and doing different things, wanting stuff that I couldn't get. And when you sell weed and do credit card scams, you can't really go into the car dealership and be like, you know, this is what I make from month to month. So, you know, just give me my payment. You got to buy everything cash. And I remember I'm down there doing all this dirty stuff, hustling. And they, he works at a warehouse. She works at the bank. And I remember they bought a brand new Nissan Altima. I'm like, y'all bought a new car? I'm out here breaking laws and risking. I'm like, it just their light. It was so squared away and and. You know, it was like perfect, you know, but it was like, man, everything looked like it was just working out for them. You know, it was a witness to me. I was in darkness and just living there. They were like, they never said, look at our marriage. Look at what you could have. Look at how great it could be. But I was looking at it and it was speaking to me. And so one thing I would just encourage us, what he says, you are light in the Lord. If you just walk in the Lord, you're light. You don't have to do anything. Right. They would have never said they never said, look at our example of our marriage. Isn't it great? They never said that. They just did it in front of me. And it was a witness to me, you know. And so you are light in the Lord. Don't dim your light and don't allow sin in your life to just quench all that God wants to do, because that sin will darken out all of that. This is spoken to believers. And so you are light in the Lord. And it says, so walk as children of light. That's the command. Walk as children. Walk like what you're supposed to be. And that word walk uh, it means to order one's behavior, to conduct oneself. And he said, this is your response. You walk like what you are. Since you're a child of the light, walk as children of light. Don't walk in the darkness anymore. Don't don't let your life in Christ resemble your life apart from Christ. Um, and so everybody here, challenge you, look at yourself. Look at what you were before you met the Lord and look at yourself today. And hopefully you see a big contrast. Hopefully the life that you're living today is, is in contrast to who you used to be. Now, we're all still a work in progress. Ain't nobody here finished, but there should be a great difference. If I was today the same way I was when I wasn't saved, nobody would be here. I would be disqualified. I don't think my wife would be having it. You know, my kids would be bummed out. You know, there should be a great contrast between this life. Now we're, we're light in the Lord than when we were just living in the dark. And so moving on, look at verse nine. He says, now he explains, what does it look like to walk in the light? Verse nine says, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And so as he shares, what does it look like to walk in the light? He says, hey, the fruit of the spirit is. And he gives us three things right now. This is not the entire list that we see in Galatians 5, 22. These three fruits uh, should come forth from the life of a person that's walking in the light. And so the first one is goodness. That word goodness means uprightness of heart and life. It's a kindness. That is, it's an active goodness. It's not just like, I'm, I'm good, I'm kind, 
but I'm actively doing good to other people. I'm actively, you know, this is a way that you're living and walking is active goodness. And so that's what it is when it says the, the fruit of goodness. Does that characterize you? Are you actively doing good to other people? Because you know what happens when you don't know the Lord? You be actively doing bad stuff. Anybody here actively did bad stuff to people? Anybody actively? I, I did. I, I talked about people. I bagged on people. I actively took your stuff. You know, you, you was actively doing bad stuff. God says now as a believer, walking in the light, fear to God inside you. Are you actively doing good? Is that is that the direction you're moving in now? That's a fruit of the spirit. And I should say this about fruit, right? Fruit is not something you strain to do or you you, you muster up the you know the, the strength to do. Fruit is a natural byproduct of the fact that I'm I'm where I'm planted in the Lord. I'm abiding in Christ, and this is the fruit that's coming forth from out of my life. So goodness. Next one is righteousness. And this is not the same righteousness that Christ gives us, right? There's a righteousness that none of us can achieve on our own. That the righteousness that Christ gives us as we put our faith in Him to give us a right standing with God. But there is a righteousness that God requires of us as believers. And this righteousness is a conformity to all that God commands or appoints for us to do. That we're conforming to what God wants, what he commands us or appoints that we're living a righteous life. Uh, we're obeying the Lord. And then the last one, uh, which I think is really important as we walk in the light, is truth. And um, the definition for truth is, is the candor of mind, which is free from deception, pretense, and falsehood. It's, it's a mindset that's free from deception, pretense, and falsehood. That you're not someone that's not a liar. You're not someone that's creating shade. Um, one one uh, definition I, I saw for it, it said it's, it's, it's the opposite of shadiness. And so we all know people that we'd be like, hey, he's shady. What do you mean when you say that about somebody? They're shady. Like they're not, you don't trust them. They're not somebody that's not, they're doing sneaky stuff. You know, they, you don't want somebody shady in your house. Amen. And so that may have characterized some of us apart from Christ. But are you a, are you a shady Christian? Is there such a thing? There are some shady Christians. I'm just tell you. So you make sure you're not one. Right. The, the fruit, the fruit that's coming forth from the life of the person that's walking in the light, active goodness to other people. We're people that are walking in righteousness. We're, we're obeying and submitting to God's commands and ordinances. And then we walk in the truth. We're not shady individuals. There's no pretense. There's no falsehood. There's no deception. Uh, we're walking in the truth. This is the this characterizes the man or the woman of God that's walking in the light. Verse 10 says, then it moves on. It says, finding out, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. There's another change of lifestyle and character for the believer. When you're not saved, you're looking for what pleases you. Your, your pursuit in life. When I wasn't born again, I wasn't trying to please nobody but myself. I wasn't trying to make my parents happy. I wasn't trying to make my friends happy. My life was really spent doing what I thought I would enjoy. The rules were not, I didn't operate within any boundaries or rules. I did what I felt like this would be fun. This would be, that would be funny. This would be a good time. This would be enjoyable. Then as a Christian, God says, now we're living in a way we're saying, God, what's acceptable to you? Those are my, I got new boundaries now. I'm living within the boundaries of what's acceptable to the Lord. I'm finding out. Where do you find out what's acceptable to the Lord? Where do we find that out, guys? The Bible, right? This is where I find it. Primarily, the Bible is where I'm going to know what's acceptable to God. And I, that's where I learned everything I know about what's acceptable. What's acceptable in how I treat people? God tells you in the word of God. This is how you treat people. This is how you don't treat people. 
What's acceptable within marriage? This is what's acceptable within marriage. What's acceptable in, you know, everything that you need to know, what's acceptable to the Lord is revealed to us in Scripture. And so as a believer, has that characterized your life? Do you ask yourself those kind of questions? When you're making decisions, is that part of your decision-making process? God, is this what you want? Would this be pleasing to you? And I think that's important. I, I think you parents want to make sure that we're raising our kids to ask those kind of questions that they wouldn't be saying, what do I want for me? Because that's the self-life. That's how Satan got kicked out of heaven. What would he want for him? We want to live and exemplify to our kids and raise them in a way where they would be asking, Lord, what is it that you want? I'm yours. My life belongs to you. You purchased my life with the blood of your son on the cross. And so whatever you want to do with this life, you can have it. And hopefully they're looking at our parents. Hopefully as adults, we're living that way. And then we're telling our kids, guys, this, we don't we don't make plans. We ask the Lord, God, what do you want? Lord, you dictate. Lord, you give direction. God, you give guidance. My, my life belongs to you. That's what a worshiper of Christ looks like. And so when it comes to relationships and, and entering into those things, it's the same thing. God, is this acceptable to you? Is this what you want? Does this fit within the bounds of what you say? So. If I got a guy coming to me with a girl that's not saved, which I had this, you know, last week I had a young guy that I know. And he said, oh, I found a girl, man, I'm really interested in her. And, you know, I said, she's a believer. And he said, well, you know, she's, she's Catholic. Pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, not the same thing. You know, very different. You know, and so at that point, it's like, bro, is that, that's, not gonna, that's not what the Lord had for you. That's not pleasing to the Lord. You can go ahead and pursue it if you want. You have some extra lumps and bumps and headaches along the way, but that's not God. That's not what God is doing right now. And so those are those are difficult things. Though. But I, but I found somebody that I like the way they look and they like me back. Right. So now I got to start all over again. Like, really? You know, and that's what you got to decide. Do I want my life to be pleasing to him? Why would we give God that much say so in our life? It's because of what he did for us. That's why. Whenever you ask that, why would I give God that much? It's because of that. That's why you give up your life. That's why he died for you. He took all your sins, your guilt, your disobedience, your shame, your separation. He took all that off of you and he died for it on the cross that we would come back to him and say, God, what do you want with this life? You can have it, whatever you want to do with it. This life is surrendered and given over to you. And in Romans 12, one and two, Paul says something similar to the Romans. He says, I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, by the mercies of God, because God has been merciful to you. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, he says, which is your reasonable service. Not a big deal when you do it. It's exactly what's deserved. Then verse two says, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then he says this, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so for those that are saying, God, I want to know what you want to do with my life. God says, well, then. First, you know, be a living sacrifice and give your life over to me completely. Don't let this world conform you into its mold or its image. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Stay in the word of God. And God says, then you'll prove. You'll know. Proving means you know for a fact. It's, it's proving it. What is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God? And so God has a will for each one of us. And that's how we get to know what it is as we, as we walk with him in that way. And so he says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Um, that word acceptable means fully agreeable or well-pleasing and that that should be the goal of the life of the believer. God, what, what is fully pleasing? What are you agreeable with? And I can't find out what God agrees with if I'm not bringing stuff up to him. What would you say about this? 
Um, some of you guys may have job opportunities, open doors. Lord, is this what you want? Does this please you? Y'all know Satan can open doors too, right? I won't bore you with my story. God opens doors, so does the enemy. And so every, every open door is not from the Lord. And so you got to say, Lord, is that from you? If it's from you, I'm going. You know, but you take the time to ask him if he's the one presenting these opportunities, if he's the one that's opening these doors. What is acceptable to the Lord? Verse 11 now, it says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And this is interesting. We're as believers. He said, never mind that you're no longer doing the unfruitful works of darkness. We know that that's a given. We're no longer living that way. He says, but don't don't have any fellowship. Don't have any koinonia with the unfruitful works of darkness. And let me give a couple of examples. Would you guys agree it's an unfruitful work of darkness if, if, uh, if Brother Rollo down the way is stealing movies? So he goes in the theater, sits there with a with a camera in his cap and he captures the full length of film puts it on a DVD and sells it at a discount to you in front of bonds. Is that an unfruitful work of darkness? It's illegal what he's doing. He's stealing from the, you know, blah, blah, blah. So now as a Christian, if I buy it from him, I'm having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, right? So if you got a bunch of them thin, extra thin DVD (laughs) cases at home, y'all need to check that out. You know, that's that's exactly what that is. Unfruitful work. He's have no fellowship. Never mind that you're not Rollo. You know, I didn't steal it. I just bought it from him for three dollars. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And this you could be a lot of different ways where this would apply. But God said, look, don't don't even participate. Don't do it. But don't even participate. Have no fellowship with it. And so consider your life. You know, what things you're you're involved in, people you're involved in. You know, I. Some of you guys know I, I buy and sell stuff on the side and I have at times, you know, I, I'll be looking for good deals. Sometimes you find a deal that's so good. You're like, what did, what did you get that from? That seems like that seems like too good of a deal. And I had one time when we were living in our house in Downey, there was a guy. It was when iPads were really popular and there was a guy that was he had a bunch of iPads. And they were really cheap. They were brand new. I was like, oh, give me three of them. And I remember he came over to my house. And I looked in his car, and it was, it was a great deal, brand new, in the box. And I looked in his car, and I saw a Best Buy shirt. And I was like, hmm, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. So I asked him, I said, how are you getting these exactly? And he was like, yeah, I, I work at Best Buy, so me, I got a friend in the back, and we just, wham, wham. And I was like, oh, I can't buy these from you. And, um, and he went on. I didn't, buy, I didn't buy them from him. Well, some months later, I get a knock at my door. Undercover detective. And he says, hey, do you know a guy? By this name, this is the phone number. And I'm like, I go through my phone and I, I, I put him in my phone. He was iPad and I said his name. I won't say it on the, on the, on the video, on the, on, the, on the tape or whatever. But uh, I said his name, you know, he might be listening, trying to get me, you know. And this is crazy, right? So they have been investigating him. This guy was working at Best Buy robbing them. He was robbing houses. And this guy had robbed a house on my wife's father's block. And they were like, so we thought maybe y'all were in cahoots because that was on your, your wife's dad's blog. I'm like, y'all been checking me out. They was, y'all been, you know, they, they in my emails, they looking at the responses. And I'm like, man, I was, praise God. I said, I, and I fell back. I'm like, I, I'm not buying nothing for a while. I'm just, it's getting scary out here, man, you know. But, you know, had, had I bought them, it would have been an issue. They had trail. They were like, yeah, we saw you met with them or you guys talked on the phone. And then they fell. They had looked at my Craigslist account. They had looked at my, they knew what I was selling and everything else. So I was like, yes, you see, I didn't get them. 
And I and praise God, I'm so glad uh, that it fell dead there. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Uh, but look, he says, but rather expose them. Right. How does exposure happen? One of the things, because you are light, light just exposes darkness. And so you don't have to do a lot. You don't have to walk around, you know, shouting or whatever else. If you just be light, light will expose darkness. It'll show. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on the Transforming Word as he teaches through the book of Ephesians. If you're ever or near the Inglewood area, you are more than welcome to join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday, and you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You also can call or text us, too, for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that is calvaryinglewood.org. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Ephesians was written by Paul around the time he was in prison in Rome. This is one of the most inspiring things about Paul. Even when he was facing some of the heaviest of trials, he was still focused on the gospel mission. He still urged unity. He wrote of patience and love and encouraged people to be as one, just as God the Father is one with His Spirit and His Son. This may seem like an impossible thing to accomplish, but when you're living in the Spirit and by the Spirit, it's easier to genuinely love those around you. Well, that's all we have time for today. But Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Ephesians next time on A Transforming Word.